We had a bit of a Christmas miracle this morning at my house. The day after Christmas, we managed to get the kids out of bed and get them to church. Some of y'all um, who have grown up with kid, you know, had kids in, in church, you know, getting them out the door is a big deal. You know, you're like, we're going to worship Jesus. We cannot be acting like this. They're going, we're going to have them pray for you at church. Now, the thing is, I would love to tell you that pastors' families are not like that. The same thing happens just like two hours earlier. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you had a good Christmas. We had a good Christmas. Uh, my family, it was, it was a good year. I think I've officially gotten old. I mostly got pants, and I was so happy with it. It was almost as good as a year I got that big box of socks. Can I get it? Men who work, working men, can I get a witness? Some socks. Just get me socks. And that year, Katie's like, you don't really just want socks. I said, yes, I do, and I want a bunch of them. So she got me like a case of socks. Also got me a saw, too. That was excellent. But she taped socks on the saw box. So that was all day. Hey, you want to get me power tools and throw a sock on it? I'm for it all day long. I, I hope you did get what you wanted for Christmas. Saw my dad yesterday. He walked in with a brand new pair of bibs. He's wearing his brand new bibbed overalls today, making those look good. That's what he said. So he said, uh, yes, yeah, son, you can tell I was nice this year. And I said, Dad, I just think Santa wasn't paying that close of attention, but uh, looking good nonetheless. Um, this year, this is the time of year we celebrate what might just be the most important event in all of history, or at least the most incredible thing aside from the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, the entry of the Son of God into this world. God came to earth to live among people. Consider that for a minute. Jesus, who is God Almighty, took on humanity without leaving any of his deity behind. I know that's a lot of big words, but it means this. Jesus is completely God and completely man. And that is, a, how does that work? Wouldn't we all like to know? It's a mystery. But it's a wonderful, blessed, beloved thing. He's not just the Christmas baby. He's the cosmic God. It's seemingly incre incredible, seemingly impossible. But the incarnation of Jesus Christ is a great spiritual truth. And it's worthy of celebration. And when Jesus was born on that night in Bethlehem, the Lord made an announcement, a great announcement. He sent angels to say, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And you would think such an important announcement, he would have made it to some really important people. You might think that he would send the angels to the throne room of the king. There was living not too far from that place, a king. He could have sent him to the throne room of the king. Or, or at least to the temple. Bethlehem's only a few miles away from the temple in Jerusalem. You would think that he might send angels to the temple to announce the birth of his son. Or at least to some group of important rabbis. Or, or send an angel flying over Jerusalem to say, glory to God in the highest. But that is not what God did. The first announcement of the birth of Jesus was made to people so obscure, nobody even bothered to ask their names. People who 
rarely slept in a bed, who probably had not bathed or brushed their teeth in weeks. And I'm not talking about your kids who are out of school for the Christmas holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hygiene sort of takes a back seat when the kids are out, or it seems. Go brush your teeth. Why are you asking me to do this? This horrible thing. I'm not asking for your liver or a kidney. I just want you to brush your teeth. Son, if you feel called out by that, I didn't point it directly at you, but if you want to take ownership of that, he said, uh, apparently he related to that. Imagine the unfairness of a parent asking a child to brush their teeth. Horrible, 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 horrible. So, no, I'm not talking about those. not talking about your kids. I'm talking about the ones that if you put on like a kid's church uh, play about Christmas, they would just be the extras. Okay, you putting on a, you, you ever been around like a kid's church Christmas player, maybe been in it, maybe some of y'all were the baby Jesus when you were little. So, you know, you, the kids who can remember their lines and really behave well, you make them Joseph and Mary, right? And then the kids who can remember a few lines and keep it together, you make them like the angel Gabriel. And the, the innkeeper always has a line. There is no room in the inn. It's that forever. And hey, you can hold on to that. So the kids who can handle speaking parts, you let them do that. Then the, the kids who are silly, you make them the sheep. Because they're going to ham it up and that's going to be fun. The little sweetie pies get to be the angels. Were any of you ever an angel in a Christmas school, Christmas play? Marissa, I can believe it, Marissa. Marissa's a sweet person. I can believe that. I was not. Um, um, the kids who are who can kind of behave themselves and are a little more mature you make them the wise men right even though we kind of know the wise men didn't show up until later anybody ever been a wise man in a christmas play i was i was i was more of a wise guy don't tell me you've never been in a christmas play some we're just gonna have to put one on next year and you can be jesus and joseph and mary all at the same time i got you son <clears throat> but what about the other kids <laughs> What about the other kids? They're not quite charismatic enough to be the sheep. They're not uh, quite, uh, they can't remember the speaking part, or maybe they're shy. What do they get to be? What's the other character, the extras in the Christmas story? They get to be the shepherds. They get to be the shepherds. So, yeah, they're the extras in the Christmas story. We don't hear about the shepherds. Keith, could I get you to do me a favor? Could you turn that, that mic on for me? Yeah, the shepherds, the ones kind of shoved in the back of the nativity scene and uh, the forgotten characters of the Christmas story. But when God chose to make the announcement, the greatest announcement the world had ever heard to that point, who did he make it to? He made it to the ones that were overlooked. The ones who no one was thinking would be a part of the story the shepherds are my favorite characters in the christmas story oh i know it's supposed to be baby jesus and it kind of is but but i really feel a kinship with these shepherds they were farm kids i'm a farm kid uh they smelled like livestock i've i've had that experience as well you know i can i feel it and nobody expected much of these shepherds no one was looking for these shepherds to do something great and yet god shows them to be forever a part of the story of His Son. If you've ever felt overlooked or undervalued, these shepherds ought to be some of your heroes. These shepherds show us 
that God doesn't see people like people see people. People look at you and they see your limitations or you look at you and see your limitations, but God looks at you and sees somebody who's a part of the story that he's telling. So the story of these shepherds is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Um, This takes place, it seems, immediately after Jesus is born. They, it's still the same night and, you know, he has been born and he's okay and everything is great. And now God sends this message. So you've heard this before. It's part of that Charlie Brown Christmas story. You remember that one? I always love that one. And Linus comes out and quotes it on the stage. But it is that familiar passage, Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. I'll read it for us and then I'll pray. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is uh, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard as it was told them. Let's stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you will help us to find in these shepherds an example to follow of people who were unexpectedly put in the position of sharing the good news about Jesus. And I I pray you'll make us up to that task as well in Jesus' name. Amen. So being a shepherd was a dirty job. Anyone ever done any farm work in here? Any farm work at all? Okay, maybe you didn't grow up on a farm. What about like um, cleaning up after your dog or something? Yeah, yeah. We have like a 13-year-old poodle who doesn't like it when we leave the house, and she shows us she doesn't like it by leaving the house by by. Never mind. Y'all, you ever had an indoor dog? And so, yeah, we clean that up. So, whatever. All right. Anyway, it was a dirty job to be a shepherd. Still a dirty job today. Shepherds often slept on the ground. These shepherds were watching their flocks by night, which probably tells you it was a time of year when lambs are being born and they were out there with them. Probably more like springtime rather than December, but we're not going to split hairs on that. It was, uh, it was a tough job. They would sleep on the ground and probably have a sheep cuddled up next to them. Uh, they would have had very little opportunity to get cleaned up and presentable. They probably smelled like sheep. You thought I was going to say a different word, didn't you? No, they could smell like sheep. We would not say they were outcasts exactly, but... Most people were not in a hurry to invite shepherds right out of the field into their houses. I wonder what sort of a welcome these shepherds would have got if they had just walked into a church service on a Sunday morning in America. 
smelling the way they would have smelled, looking the way they would have looked. They probably would have gotten some second glances. I hope, I hope, I'd like to think that Recreate would give them a warm welcome. After all, what's our motto? We haven't repeated that in a while. What's our motto? No matter your story, you're welcome, you're wanted, and you're loved. No matter your smell, you're welcome, you're wanted, and you're loved. We're going to try to accommodate that, certainly. Uh, there's nothing in our policies about you can't come in smelling like livestock. We do have a dress code I don't often bring up because thank you f- for not violating it. Um, thank you a lot, actually, because our dress code is two words, wear clothes. I see that you all have abided by that today. Thank you. Wear clothes. We don't care what they are, just wear them, okay? You know, wear some clothes, something between a tuxedo and a bathing suit. Kind of keep it in between those, and you'll probably be fine. So they would have passed our dress code, no problem. Unfortunately for these shepherds, they often experience difficulty in participating in the religious life of the culture around them. If you read the book of Leviticus and these Old Testament passages about the religious ceremonies, there was a lot of of cleanliness required. There were certain washings that had to take place, ceremonial cleanliness was this concept that before participating in some of these things you you had to wash or you might have had to change your clothes you had to do something and they made a lot of sense i'm not being critical of that at all god was doing something through that and he was really pointing them to the need to be clean on the inside but he was starting with the outside and say hey this this is a concept that you need to internalize but for the shepherds who had so little access to a way to get cleaned up it did make life hard they could be out there in the fields raising the lambs that would be offered in sacrifice in the temple but they could not have just walked into the temple courtyard like they were they would have had to get cleaned up and and that was difficult for them even though some of the greatest heroes of israel's history like king david were shepherds being a shepherd in practice was not always respected or revered. They didn't get the respect maybe that they should have. They, they were not able to be completely embraced socially or religiously. I'm not sure what the modern comparison is. There's a lot of jobs out there who don't get enough respect. Do you ever feel like you worked a job where you didn't get enough respect? I don't get no respect. You know, I can't do a Rodney Dangerfield, and some of y'all don't know who that is, including my children, so I'm not going to try that. A lot of jobs don't get a lot of respect, and the dirty jobs are tough jobs that, that need to be respected. And I think maybe, I think of the guys who ride the trash truck here in town, they have a, they have a tough do- job, they have a dirty job. They, their job is to touch the things that we didn't want to touch, and that's why we threw it away. And don't get as much respect as they should. I know some of the guys who ride the trash truck here in Hillsville good guys excellent fellows they don't but most of the time when someone sees a garbage man they don't their first thought isn't wow here is here's a guy who's going to do great things or be a spiritual giant or something well let me just tell you what one of the one of the guys that used to ride the trash truck here in town he was ordained to preach earlier this year i think he was your neighbor kevin used to be your neighbor neil kevin edwards big guy yeah cool guy friend of mine rode the trash truck for years in the town of hillsville now he's preaching the word of god how you like that so man don't don't 
Don't look at a shepherd or the garbage man and, and have doubts. God specializes in picking people that people don't pick. If you know what it's like to not be picked, then you're in the right place. God does great things with people who don't even know they're great. So uh, these shepherds are a reminder that God picks unlikely people, overlooked people, underestimated people. The, an the announcement of the birth of Jesus did not come to a king. It did not come to a priest. It came to shepherds on a lonely hillside. They were the first to worship the Savior and the first to spread the good news. If you think God can't do great things with your life, you, got, you need to rethink that. People might doubt you. You might doubt yourself. You may look at yourself and see someone who hasn't had every advantage. Who Someone might tell you that you're, you're too young or you're too old or you don't have the right background or education or experience. You, you might look at yourself and think, man, I don't have the right gifts to do something for God, I don't have the right opportunities to do something for God. I, I don't know. You might look at yourself and you see all the reasons you can't. God looks at you and he doesn't see all that. None of that matters in the eyes of God. He looks at you and he sees someone who is an important part of the story that he is telling. That's what God sees. The shepherds blow up our excuses. They were unlikely people. No one saw them coming. But they were the ones who spread the word first about the birth of Jesus. When, when the shepherds heard the news about Jesus, they immediately went to see. And once they saw, they went and told what they saw. They went all over the place proclaiming the good news. And everyone who heard them was moved. So we might ask, how were these people so convincing? Were they not only shepherds, but somehow really good polished public speakers? Probably not. Were they just social butterflies who could have a conversation with a signpost? Probably not. How good would your social skills be if most of your conversations were with sheep? You know, I don't know. You got a pet you talk to? You know, we got a pet in our house and, and uh, some, you know, that pet, she mostly likes me when I've busted out the rotisserie chicken. That's how we bonded. You ever struggling to bond with a dog, bust out the rotisserie chicken and suddenly suddenly they're your best, best friend. But uh, your conversational skills are probably not going to be so great when uh, your main source of conversation is, uh, is a sheep. But even so, that didn't stop them. Did they have a degree from the seminary in Jerusalem? No, they didn't. Probably not. And yet they went all over the place and people listened. People listened when they talked about Jesus. They didn't have all the things that you're supposed to have. But what did they have? They had passion. They believed what they were saying. They were excited about it. They were so convinced that it overflowed. Their excitement for Jesus was contagious. You know, it's hard not to talk about things you're passionate about. Even if you would call yourself a shy or reserved person, in my heart of hearts, I'm an introvert. I know you have a hard time seeing that because you see me on Sunday morning with a mic in my hand when I've been praying all week that the Lord will give me something to say and, and he has. And, 
But when it comes down deep down, I'm not that person. Some of you knew me back then. Jamie knew me from youth group years ago. Didn't hear a lot out of me back then, huh? No, I was really quiet, and, and that's okay. And I would still be quiet, except I can't. I can't. Because I'm excited about what God has done. You get excited about things. You know, it's hard when you're excited about something. It's not that you have to make yourself talk about the thing you're excited about. You have to hold back. You ever been really excited about something that other people think is dumb? You know, I'm always making stuff in my workshop. And um, I was telling my parents yesterday, I guess I'll never quite get over this idea that, hey, mom and dad, look at this cool thing I made. You know, i got to show you this. Yeah. Here, will you put it on your refrigerator? I can't put it on a refrigerator, son. It's a piece of furniture. That's not going to work. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, you get excited about it. you got things that you get excited about, too. And maybe things that other people don't get. But the thing is, when someone is passionate about something, even if they're socially awkward or shy, it gets easier to talk about the thing that you're really passionate and excited about. But that does bring us to an uncomfortable truth. If it is more natural to share about something you get excited about, why is it that so many of us Jesus people struggle to talk about Jesus? We love Him. We love Him, right? But if there's excitement, true Deep excitement about Jesus, passion about Jesus. It'll come out, and you won't have to force it. So maybe if it's, if it's tougher to talk about him, then the place to start is on the inside. Filling up. Something's so full of something, it's going to come out, right? You overfill a cup, and it's whatever you put in the cup's going to flow out. So maybe that's where we need to start. I, am, I do want to tell you, I, I'm not here to guilt trip you this morning. Chances are you can guilt trip yourself just fine without any help from me, right? You can, you can do that. You don't need my help. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do is think about your blessings. Look for the wonder. There's still wonder in this. I read this scripture about how many times have we read Luke chapter 2? You hear it every Christmas, right? And you've probably read it more times than that. You've heard it. But there's still wonder in it. There's still excitement in it. Let's ask God to fill us with the wonder. To fill us with the thoughts of our blessings. Think about what God has done for you. Where would you be in your life if God had not intervened? Some of us would be under the dirt right now. And that's a fact. If God had not intervened in our lives to help us change our ways and take us off a path we should not be on. You think about those blessings. Think about the absolute miracle of Christmas that God loved us so much that he left his throne in heaven where he was constantly adored by angels to come to earth to live the tough life of a human being. Jesus lived a life on earth and he had to do all the things we had to do. Jesus had bills to pay, if you can believe it. He would have had to. He would have had a life where he had the responsibilities and the, the temptations that we have. Not only that, but he came to the end of his life in such a a, a, a way that was so humiliating. He did all that for us. That's a source of wonder. God sent his son to earth because he loves us. Does that mean life is always going to be easy? Not unless you're reading out of a different Bible than I am. But here's what it does mean. 
that no matter how hard life gets, God is good. That no matter what happens, God is with you. 600 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah gave us a name for the coming Messiah. He called him Emmanuel. You know what the word Emmanuel means? It means God with us. God with us. Not God far away. Not God over at somebody else's house. God with us. God with you. If you are a follower of Jesus, not only do you have God with you in the sense that he's nearby, in the Holy Spirit, God is right inside of you. So there is no situation that you go into alone. You're facing a bad day at work, you're not alone. Holy Spirit is with you, inside of you, to help you navigate that mess. You got some drama in your family? Hey, do not point or throw any elbows at right now. You got a little drama around? Then you're not alone. God is with you, inside of you. Man, this is a powerful thing. That's a source of wonder. When you feel the presence of God in your life, it's easier to talk about it. These shepherds had such a sense of wonder that they went out into the world and told everybody. And I realize that it might not be as easy as all that. It's easy to talk about it here in this environment. But if you get so full of excitement for God, it's going to come out. You won't have to think about it. You, you won't have to, to make a plan. It'll come out. So, all right. Pop quiz. Everybody's going to get 100 on this pop quiz. What town was Jesus born in? Bethlehem. Everybody knows it's Bethlehem. We know from ancient records that a special flock of sheep was kept near Bethlehem, just north of the town of Bethlehem. There was a place called Migdal Eater. And it was the place where the sacrificial lambs were presented, raised, that would be presented at the temple. You see... Bethlehem is like here, and Jerusalem's like here. They're only like five miles apart. In between, this flock was being raised. What would it have been like to raise these sheep? Knowing what was going to happen. The shepherds of Migdal Eater would raise these little baby lambs. They would help the ewes deliver, and they would wrap them in swaddling clothes because they were very special and they had to be without spot, without blemish. They were very well protected. They would take such close care of these lambs, knowing what was eventually going to come, the day of sacrifice. These lambs were born to give their life. That's hard for us. Lambs are so sweet and cute, and how could that be? And innocent, and yes, and that's the point. It's very possible that these shepherds in the Christmas story were those shepherds. Very possible. That they were the shepherds who raised the sacrificial lambs. And when they heard the news of, of Jesus, well, have you ever thought about how else would they have known how to find the Christ child with so little detail? The angel didn't tell them much. Man, that's hard for me to get to the other side of town without Google Maps sometimes if I'm not familiar with the place. But they seemed, they got the news that a baby was laid in a manger in the vicinity of Bethlehem and it appeared that they just went right there like they knew where the place was. How could they know where the place was? There had to be more than one stable in Bethlehem. How did they know the place? Well, it must have been a place that they knew before. 
You know, the Bible never actually says that the stable belonged to the innkeeper. Doesn't say that. Doesn't even say that the stable was near the inn. Some Bible scholars think that this was a stable that was owned and operated by these shepherds of Migdal Eater, the ones who raised the sacrificial lambs. And maybe that's why they knew the place. How fitting would it be that the very shepherds who raised the sacrificial lambs would have been the first to praise the Lamb of God who was coming as a sacrifice. The story of Jesus' birth gets buried, you know, under all the commercialism of Christmas and all the, the celebration of Christmas. These simple shepherds remind us what it's really about. Jesus was not just born. He was born for a purpose. He was born to give Himself for all humanity. Christmas is not just about the story of how Jesus is born. It's the story of how God sent His Son to give His life so we could live. That's the story from the cradle to the cross. The shepherds get lost in the, the shuffle sometimes. They, they get stuck in the back of the nativity scene. They're the extras in the Christmas story. But they were the first to receive the good news. And they were the first to share it. Maybe more than anybody in the whole Christmas story, they understood sacrifice. Mary and Joseph understood it somewhat, but not like these shepherds. If their job really was to raise these sacrificial lambs, they knew. They got it. I pray the Lord will increase our sense of wonder that, that we will be so passionate about Jesus that we won't be able to shut up about Him. This is what I can guarantee you. You live through enough stuff, God gets you through enough stuff, it gets a lot easier for it to come into your everyday conversation. That, that you, don't, you don't have to have evangelism training necessarily, okay? You don't have to be so outgoing and charismatic that you just jump. And honestly, most people living in our present time, if you just come up to them and, and uh, be like, hey, Guess what? Heaven and hell are real and you better get with the program, okay? You know, that is true. All of that is true. But you might have to start a little place further back, okay? <laughs> you know, you might have to just share your heart. A lot of people in this world don't even, they're not even there yet. They're living in a world and they don't know that there's a God that loves them. You ever had that feeling? You ever had a point in your life you really didn't understand the love of God Man, people need to start right there, and they need to see it in your life. And if the love of God and the excitement of the wonder for Jesus Christ is coming out of you, that's hard for them to argue with. They can argue theology, but they can, it's hard to argue a changed life. And my prayer is that God will continue to change our lives every day and fill us so full of Jesus that we cannot help but tell the story. The shepherds did it. They were not eloquent. They didn't even smell that good. And yet they did it. Yet they did it. I'm going to pray for us now. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll give, the, give us the excitement that these shepherds have. The wonder of Christmas. The wonder of the truth of the Son of God coming to earth. And I pray that you will make us so full of Jesus that it overflows all the time. Thank you for this Christmas season. And may we be your witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I hope you are blessed this week wonderfully. And uh, we'll be back here. It's about New Year's. It's New Year's Day. Does that happen between now and when we come back? Yeah. 
So uh, here's, here's your dad joke for the day. Probably won't see you guys until next year. So, yeah, that's so bad. So bad. I'm three, I'm three kids into the, being a dad, so, yeah. God bless you all. You can start that, that post-service roll. We'll see you next week. Take care. Love you guys.